Welcome to What Have You, featuring Rachel Jankovic and Rebecca Merkel. This audio is brought to you by Canon Press. Before we get started, I wanted to make sure you knew that a featured guest of What Have You, Nancy Wilson, has a new podcast called Femina. Every Friday, Nancy shares a quick, Bible-saturated devotional that covers all matters of the Christian life. You can find the Femina podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. Guys, we were on such a hot streak of not podcasting that I sort of hate to break it. <laughs> but we're coming to you live oh, at night. And that's a just... Let's just no, put no. out it. I have faith in us. Do people. you? <laughs> I think you all probably know us well enough to know that if we do it at night... It might be another one of our great might, menu planning Or we episodes. might throw it away. It could happen. Uh, nope. We're doing it. We're Guess sending what, this though? one on. Rachel, I already have a picture to post with this one. You do? Yeah. So we can sort of organize our theme around it. Okay. Um, what is the picture? Last night we made calzones and I had various people doing various deeds and I said to one of my girls like, oh, can you just go roll out all the dough? Which she did. <laughs> but... but she suddenly, at the end of the project, kind of looked at it and was like, yeah, I think I was more thinking about making tortillas. <laughs> and so they were the most hilarious, rumply, bumply, thin, little raisin she, she just rolled it out really they thin? Were, they Is were delicious, but yeah, but thin. then you have this little calzone that looks like a really sad little waddle of dough <laughs> sort of stretched thinly over a mushroom <laughs> shape. You know? That sounds ideal. And I think that there's a lot about that that I identify with right now. Yeah. I feel it in my soul. The thin, the thin stretch over a mushroom shape. <laughs> oh, we, oh, my word. Yep. Yep, there's I so much. Point. There's so much. So we have to go back and I don't that, think anybody cares about yeah, all the things that to, kept us. No, but let's say that maybe two of the three things were my fault, but one of them was Rachel's. Maybe I, 1.5. I take less. I just don't. I won't She's take She's trying the, to mm-mm. pin the blame I pin elsewhere. the blame firmly on Becca. Not well, it, it wasn't all my fault, guys. But we did have the Reformation Banquet, which was really the biggest reason, I think, in the middle that this didn't happen. The podcast did not happen. Maybe. It was, Might have been. It was my annual time of trying to feed several hundred people in a building that has no I do want to say, Gemma posted pictures. Kitchens. Pictures. Very pretty pictures of it. But I did want to say to the people listening that this, is a, this was a college event that the college pays for and that people pay to have bring guests to and such it was not just it was what? not like our replacement for a church potluck it's not a church event it's a college i know yeah. but i mean it's yeah. not like it's not like we do beautiful crown roasts of pork instead of instead of a regular church potluck that well, was my what point. we do instead of a church potluck is not do church potlucks But if 
we did, what if we did? What I was trying, all I was trying to say is, it's clearly a big event. It's a big yeah, college no, event, it's but big, it's yeah. but it's not a. It's not like what we just do for no particular reason. You're not just making that many crowd roasts. No, at it's, pork we've been doing it. I counted up. It, this was the twenty sixth college banquet, and wow. it's always a Reformation Day. Somewhere around Reformation Day, and for the last four years, it's been at CJ's with no kitchen, and so that's been my my we big we also, troubleshoot. I that want I you do. all to know that we weren't just not podcasting due to the presidential troubles. <laughs> <laughs> Although who we knows? could have been, maybe we were being censored by all the oh, social guys, media. Oh, guys, we should outlets. pretend that we just did yeah. an amazing hot take on yeah. politics yeah. for a few episodes, yeah. and they couldn't take our insights, and they banned us. <laughs> Knocked that's us right off. Should, that's what we should. I would yeah. say though, just by way of encouragement to all of you who might not be as so pleased with how things appear to be going, and that is that I just keep thinking that in every. Uh, well, I think pretty much in every generation, God has called his people to different kinds of hard things. And I was thinking how if we believed everything that we believe and we wanted to build Christian communities and build the kingdom and do all these things in other eras, it might have been all of our husbands and sons and brothers having to go off to war while we stayed yeah. home and needed to rejoice in the Lord. And or being lugged in by the Spanish Inquisition. Or, or being put our own selves or in, getting into ships in to prison camps. Try to or go across the Atlantic. Why don't we try a hopefully. new country and yeah. see if when we get mm. there we know how to grow anything. See if there's hostile people waiting and for us. I think in some ways it's just well actually in a lot of ways it's so healthy for us to have things because I was talking with some friends about this how when you're living a life of leisure like there mm-hmm. you have a certain amount of capacity for trouble when yeah. you are living a luxurious and leisurely life you can bear quite a bit of trouble that is your own sin trouble that is mm-hmm. just the trouble yeah. of I'm having a toot today so all day long I'm going to have a toot and I'm going to complain to everyone I get a shot at about it I'm probably going to post you know, vague book complaints to get people to text me and see if I'm all right. And then I'll tell them, no, I am not. (laughs) You have no idea how difficult this is right now because, and, and just being complainers and being soft, like, like we actually have room for our own trouble when we are living a life of leisure. And one of the great things is it's like, it's like, you know, not that I have personal experience with this. My experience is of the Bible story variety, like from the way I pictured this from the time I was little. When Jonah's on the boat, they're throwing everything overboard because they're just trying to survive the storm. Yeah. In some ways, being in an actual difficulty gives us less sympathy yeah. with our own... You know, like if you're going to live... If, you, if your goal is to be faithful, then you have to throw overboard the terrible baggage that you actually no longer can accommodate in Mm -hmm. rough seas. For sure. And we cannot pretend like we don't deserve every bit of what's coming at us. Well, we have a loving father who has taken us out behind the woodshed to show us a little something. something Well, I don't even feel like we're there yet. We (laughs) know, but we could be. The paddle has been gotten out. Not only could we be, yeah, the the willow branch has been cut off. Has been has cut. been prepared. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you feel like I see it coming. I see it coming. <laughs> yeah. But the reality is, praise the Lord that He is actually doing what 
he wants this to see done. This is a really good time. To be a Calvinist because you're like, I'm well, heat please, because I'm freezing. I was gonna say one problem that I didn't foresee about being in our car is that our heat fan is being really abnormal. It sounds oh, like it's got the hiccups. Ours made a horrible grinding noise okay. and then stopped. Okay. I did check to make sure we wouldn't run out of gas because I was like, if Good we job. sit in the wintry days in the car with the heat oh. on the whole time. And, oh, speaking of wintry days, everyone, well, let me tell you about the weather. Like, two weeks ago, we were just about to hit the beautiful fall leaves <laughs> moment. And I live on this gorgeous corner, and there it's is... It's always, like, yellow, like, every, this incredible oh, arches of yellow yeah, maple. And, you know, like, seriously, it's the most not, beautiful not corner. Not so 2020. <laughs> well, no, 2020 had other ideas. But the thing was, is we were gearing up for the day, and it's usually about a day and a half that is... The street and the ground, everything is just gold on the ground. There are still enough leaves on the trees that it's just gold up there. And then the leaves are just thick raining down. And it is my favorite thing ever. And I always am waiting. And a couple years I have been out of town for that day and a half. And you come back and it's like, oh no, the branches are thin and now all the leaves on the ground, whatever. Well... This year, we got a wild snap of a snowstorm, (laughs) and it happened before the leaves had even hit that yet. It was Judah's last football game of the season at halftime. Oh, my word, that's right. It was snowing. It was miserable. It was wet in the stands. The field was covered in snow. It just looked horrible. The poor guys out there. Judah's hands were so numb. He was holding the ball, you know, for the... Or he had to snap the ball. I don't understand football. It's really bad. He was the guy that threw it between his legs. <laughs> and it was like, my hands were so numb. I, like, I couldn't even feel what I was doing with the ball, you know. But anyway, so that was happening on the field. Well, at halftime, a tree fell on a power line somewhere. All the lights went out, and that was that. That was the end of the season. Was end of halftime. the season. It's so appropriate to everything And then we come happened. home, and the whole yeah. town's power is out. And then all the branches, because because the leaves were all on the trees still, it was way too heavy. And all the branches are just crashing off trees everywhere. So the power is just going out like The power went out so hard. Like, it was not like a little outage. The power had a heart attack. And it was a big one. And it had to, yeah. Yeah. But we still had power. Like, the, the football game ended. We still had power out there. I was like, well, we... Good luck us having power, and then it went out. But I've never experienced anything like that because we were so bored in our house with the lights off that we were like, let's just go to bed because what are we going to do? I mean, who wants to sit around peering at each other in the glow of a, of a flashlight? So we didn't. So we were like, let's go to bed. So the way that our house is, we're, okay, we're on a hill out in the country, so there's no immediate lights right by us. There's no, there's like a neighbor that has a light on a pole down the hill somewhere, and then there's a couple of houses we can see from our house, but there's nobody right next to us, and there's no street lights right next to us, and there's no, we're just on a hill in the country, yeah. and we all go the way our house is, upstairs, someone in our, we have bedrooms on all four, all four sides of the house upstairs, so... Everybody goes to their own rooms because we all went up there. So everybody gets in their jammies or whatever. But all of us 
in the pitch black facing all directions. Okay, something, it must have been some major electrical surge or something. Because we're, how many miles outside of town are we anyways? Five? I mean, yeah, maybe not five. Maybe four, three, four. Um, but something happened and the entire sky lights up orange. Like orange <laughs> and then off. And then orange and then off. And it does this like four times. Oh, no. And it, it was just hilarious because it was like we had a member of our family at every window to oh, check what word. was. And the thing is, it appeared to come from nowhere. Like I would have expected to hear a monster explosion. Yeah. But no sound yeah. effects came with it. Just the country sky has lit up orange. Yeah. It was kind well, of like Moscow's morning, power situation was got, in its <clears throat> death throes. Yeah, we yeah. got our power back. Went to bed, woke up. I was still drinking my coffee, and suddenly there was a loud bang from like a block away, and then out it went again. I know that. I know that sound from when a squirrel did it at our old house, and it shot it. It electrocuted itself on a transformer. Well, and then it was just freezing, and and everything was off. And it was a Saturday, which meant like I can't use the washer and dryer. I can't use the dishwasher. Like everything's on. It was a Saturday, so we told everyone no Sabbath unless we get our power back on by lunchtime and at 12.06 it turned back on. <laughs> well, so, so then we were like move it, move it. I know, get her done. <laughs> Turn well, on the dishwasher. The, the thing I'd like to bring to your attention though is that after the smoke cleared from that incident and then the you know, the snow melted and everything all the trees were khaki. <laughs> they were colored khaki. We, and they, they still were are. Of, and they were sort of curled at the edges and just it is, a it horrible is like, fleshy color. It really color. has been like a khakiscape of trees. <laughs> and then we got another snowstorm last night. And so it, the leaves are still on the trees. <laughs> and then the... Um, the snow's on the ground, and then well, and it then is very it's falling on top of leaves. It is intermingled yeah, on with top brown leaves, leaves, which makes a little like horrible patty of <laughs> of like slick leaf underneath <laughs> the snow. And then more leaves fall on top of the snow, and we still have huge limbs in our yard that we haven't even cleaned up from the last one. And one of our trees is now doing the splits from the top. A bunch of trees, <laughs> a bunch of trees in town did the topward splits. <laughs> and then where they big, like actually, it actually just weighted the trees yes. apart. And yeah. like a branch on my pear tree, my really nice pear tree, the one that was doing well, just fell off and peeled down the trunk. It's been, a, it's we're been <sighs> having Ecclesiastes hardcore. Yeah, we're kind of like, well, everyone, look what you've done. <laughs> <laughs> we bringed upon I ourselves. Know, and you can't even rake the leaves now because there's snow all over them and you can't I Becca, mean, the I snow like looks it. horrible. It's just a little bit It'd of a It'd be good to just hit muddle. your lawn hit your lawn with a snowblower. <laughs> <laughs> kind of oh, mashing up the, the implements yeah. of season. What we need is just to get all the leaves to fall off and then maybe another good foot of snow over the top to just cover the madness. And then we can address it in the springtime. I, I don't think, know. I think we're in for a year of slush. <laughs> I think that that's what we... I mean, I kind of feel like I'm not I'm not sure we're supposed to have good Probably weather right now. Probably slush mixed with leaf. Yeah? Yeah. Well, we deserve it. We Whatever do deserve it. Whatever it is, we deserve it. We do. So. It's amazing, though. I was telling you, I I'm feel like, next though. year, when the seasons progress in the correct order... I'm just going to really revel Lord, in that. The Lord, the Lord did give us a little foothold by A Street construction being done. 
Because it does feel that like at big. least one thing got less complicated. One thing was good. So now when you go to school, you, you don't know, have to do a weird switchy change up into a neighborhood. And the- I was acting in real faith. And I ordered a lot of bulbs. Mm-hmm. And I ordered a bunch of tulips and grape hyacinth and daffodils and allium. So I had a whole bunch to put in. And I had dug up all my hyacinth last year. And mix the bulbs up because I'd been putting in one bag a year down the fence. And they were starting to look like a box of crayons because they weren't quite all the same color. So I dug them all up and I was going to mix them and then put them back in. And I was going to mix those with the tulips. And I was looking at the weather and I had one day because I've not had Saturdays. All my Saturdays have been booked. I had one day before the snow was supposed to come again. So I was like, this is my big shot. It was one sliver So I came running home from school, and I had a phone appointment. So I'm talking to someone on the phone, pinned to my shoulder, because I don't have, like, AirPods or anything. And it's pouring rain. So I'm out in the mud slop trying to talk on the phone to somebody about a serious situation. And I am, like, trying to dig in 10 hundred million tulips. (laughs) Then, well, bulbs. I stay until way past it's too dark. I'm still trying to desperately get all the daffodils in. And I had looked at the daffodils and I was like, maybe I'll... No, I have to. I have to do it. This is my only chance. Got them all in. Straggled myself back up the stairs to the house feeling like, well, at least I did that. And (laughs) caught up on the porch and I was like, I forgot the tulips. I didn't put in any tulips. I have or grape hyacinth, and I was gonna so mix them in. What did you put in? All my old hyacinth bulbs plus new ones. All the allium, all the daffodil. But I meant to mix my tulips <laughs> with the hyacinth, and I forgot. And I have like a hundred bulbs of tulips and a bunch of grape hyacinth. You can give them to me if you want. Oh my word! I was so peeved. I was like, "Well, that's it." And then it snowed, and now I don't know what I'm gonna do about it. Oh, I might, in the last desperate shot, just put them all in terracotta pots and stick them outside. I don't know, guys. This is where I am. Homeless tulip bulbs. <laughs> I have never... I, I don't even know if you say it panatone or panatone. You I, know that. I would have totally gone with panatone. Pantone. Are you talking about the colors? <laughs> No, I'm talking about the Italian <laughs> the Italian holiday bread. <laughs> I was like, I've never it's never occurred to me to get fancy with that one. <laughs> I, well, I, I like the idea of the panettone color of the year. I don't even know how you say it, I never checked, but I'm guessing since it's an Italian bread that it's panettone, but okay. I don't know. Right, I have no sure. idea. But I'm and I'm willing to be wrong and no need to bother correcting me. I'll just do it wrong forever. <laughs> so I was like, I wonder if I need to make that this year. It's possible I need to make that. And then I asked yeah. Lena. I was like, should I should I make panettone like a sourdough panettone yeah. this year? And she was like, What is that even? She said it just feels to me like something they probably sell at Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because they do. They sell gift boxes of panettone of Ross. Yep, yep. But I'm not hoping to make 
a Ross, Ross edition. edition. Yeah. yeah. But I but I got this is what this is the fatal error for me. <laughs> I've never actually wanted to eat one. Like never. I've never felt that way. But I but I heard, I just found out through my sourdough okay. baking network that when you make one of these things that you have to stab so you have to hang it upside down to cool. There's a lot of that that appeals. Yeah. You're like, oh, because like, really? Tell me more. To find if out. I have to hang this upside down. Then yeah. <laughs> and, and somebody was like, here's the clever way I do this. Sticking dowels through the bottom because you bake it in a paper thing, in a paper yeah. mold. Mm-hmm. You stick dowels through the bottom first so that when you pull it out of the oven, you hang it between like two chairs or something. Because apparently it's so lofty and soft that if it stays upright to cool, it will collapse on itself. That's pretty cool. And yeah, so see, now I'm like, well, yeah, you're now in. I'm you in. Do it. Now yeah. I have to get my own do this candied thing. orange peels going so I have the stuff to make a panettone, of which I have no idea what it ought to taste or why or what event you need to eat it on. Like, I don't know. What do you, what do, you do? Do you just have it with? Oh, man. Have I'll tell you. You know what? My, coffee? Do you think you have it with coffee? My little strange mental spree I've been on. Sure. Tell me sort more. Sort of like your panettone. Yeah. Rachel, you can grow saffron crocus here. So yeah. I have been yeah, googling Would around. Would you need a food dehydrator to keep the No, little, so I've been reading just air dry all up about the crocus harvest. Yes, the saffron crocus harvest. And it's so beautiful. I wonder if you, you can, can grow them it's with, with alliums and tulips. Yeah, and, well, yeah, I know. Yeah. No, I've been checking, but you don't plant them in the fall. They're <laughs> exactly. spring planted okay. bulbs. And they Are flower they in the fall. Yeah. Oh. And they're like those fall crocus. And you just cut all the crocuses and then pull the stamen out, which is the saffron. If only we were cooking it. with saffron in a constant way. Well, this would I'm be really. You're ready. Are you ready to get we going with it? We could plant a whole lot of bulbs, and we'd come out with probably just about as much saffron as I use in a decade. <laughs> <laughs> So it'd be worth it for sure. <laughs> oh, Becca, I, today, today begins. But in the spring, Sunday. Rachel, you and I, we can plant saffron crocus. Yeah. Well, I Start will tell some. you that today, being a Sunday, I was, uh, I was doing the Sunday type restful activities, which means I was working with my loom. Yeah. Trying to get myself outfitted for my next project okay. on the loom. And I am just not proficient enough at the loom yet. To do it intuitively. So okay. I'm glued, glued to the informations that I need. Yeah. But this is like the pattern, the weaving draft, then a book that came with the loom, then another book I have. And, yeah. And it is like... This is like me when I try to change oh my, my word. Yes, it's like, it's like trying to do Sudoku or something. Like you're down there at like, use your brain, Rachel, use your brain. <laughs> It's like, I'm taking physics. This should be possible. Why can I not? I'm like, I don't even know why this is so strenuous. Like it, but it is really funny. And okay, I should, I took a picture of this because it was making me laugh. This is the, this is the level of, these are the things it tells me. And it feels like, okay, can you still remember when you were learning to read or like something where you get to some point where you're kind of almost having an out-of-body experience, like <laughs> thinking, like you're having to trust your instinct, but your instinct is not trustworthy. Sure, yeah, sure. maybe, maybe. <laughs> this was <laughs> starting 
with the shaft and the short lamb farthest from you, thread the cord from the lower shaft bar down through the center hole in the lamb, attach with an anchor pin on the bottom side of the lamb, inserting the two legs of the pin into the hole in the lamb. The lambs can be horizontal to the floor if you are tall. If you want to tie the treadles higher for comfort, this is... Yeah, <laughs> And see. everything. And then I'm going like, wait, 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 wait. The lower lambs lift the shaft or not? And then I'm like, to and then I'm like I consult all the documents. Consult <laughs> all the documents. But I'm doing all of this from hunkered down under the loom. Like I'm yeah. sitting down yeah. under there. Anyways, it was very, it's a rewarding experience. I'm getting close to success. But That's good. I'm glad to hear it. Well, what are no, you trying to make? I think I'm getting close to success. I'm Well, I've already got it warped. It's warped and threaded and everything for dish towels for a long flight of dish towels but mm. 13 to be exact well i'll tell you that i have been having a real mental merry-go-round because i'm planning to carpet with seagrass my bedroom over thanksgiving break and i have the roll of carpet at my house i called every flooring place in the region and said do you carry seagrass and they all said I don't know what that is, or is that a color? Or mm, So I was mm-hmm. like, right, right then, okay. So I just ordered this huge roll from somewhere, okay. and it came, and I'm going to have to do it my own self. How do you carpet with that? It seems like it might unravel a bit on the edges. I know there's ways, but the thing that you do that is surprising is you consult YouTube and you find out that here is a niche that no one has filled. <laughs> that I love when that's it. You're like, am I? Have I been nominated yeah, to be the person? No, because it's like you could say, and that's actually, you could Google. I dropped a pistachio down my heat vent. What do I do now? And you will find like a flotilla of videos of people who are going to help you get through that. You think, yeah. I, I recently pioneered a whole new to way carpet. to get a sock out of your vacuum tube. Okay. You better, you better pause and go there. It was stuck around. It was really obnoxiously stuck. <laughs> like really obnoxiously. I was just trying to catch dust bunnies. <laughs> under our bed, and how would I have known that Moses had balled up a sock and it was under there? So it was a small sock that was already balled up, so it just shot yeah. in the tube and lodged yeah. at the turning, really annoying <laughs> structure of a vacuum hose. Because if it would just be something you could like ram a dowel down it, but it yeah. turns, yeah. so you can't. Yeah. It was at the turn. You, you couldn't have to get, get your plumbing there. snake out. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. It was like that level. I should have thought of the plumbing snake, but I didn't think about plumbing snake. But I, it wasn't. It was just in. It was. I broke a cheap corkscrew to attach a metal piece that I saw there on <laughs> to the end of a plastic wooden spoon. <laughs> So that I can ram it down and then twist it around to like catch the sock, you know, like like it was like fishing, fishing for a sock in the hose, and I got it up. But what you were saying is that nobody's filled this, so you're gonna have to be the one because because the thing is, is I I did find out how to do it, but it was through the carpeting place that I bought it from. Like they have all the logistics, and it's all very like (laughs) it's all very scripted. However, 
nobody on the interwebs, like, there's a few things, but they seem dodgy and untrustworthy, and you just don't know what you're looking at. One of them, I think, involved, like, double-sided tape across the floor in a grid. And I was kind of like, I almost wonder if you should just go in for stapling it. It's actually, no, it's a heavy-duty glue situation, which I don't mind at all, because it's this horrible trash floor beneath it, so that's fine. But... Anyway, I have that, but first, before I do that, I need to paint my room because it's a really sad tragedy on the walls right now. And we cut a big slice out of the sheetrock for a plumbing thing, and it's still open, and then there's just a million holes. And, like, I need to just get the walls cleaned up and then paint. So then you sit there, and you're like, what the, what do I want to paint? What am I looking for? What is the Mm -hmm. vibe? What are we aiming for here in the look and the feel and the ambiance? In the end, I found the color. It was like, I love this a lot. It's just really, really good. And it's a color that, of course, it is from England, and it's made with, like, natural pigments, not the synthetic ones, which I think is why it looks so lovely. Mm. And I emailed, and nope, nope, they don't send it here. I can't get it. I can't get my hands on it. So now I'm like, well, now, now my heart know. is broken. Now my now heart can't is broken. I'm going to have to all, find out. Out of all the Panatoni colors in all the world, <laughs> you had know. to pick one that only exists that only in England. That only exists in England. They won't yeah. send it to me because they're probably mad about Trump. But anyway, <laughs> you know, you know, anyway. though, you, when you said that nobody on the internet has filled this void, that is remarkable because did I, I'm sure I've said this on here. I still think it's funny. I, the time that I was having a weird discussion where I posited for who knows, who knows why I took the position that carrot cake was probably a medieval. <laughs> Who knows why that came up. But I was like, carrots are so naturally sweet that I bet that people were using them as a rare treat a long time before they were using regular. Or at least as dessert, kind of. Yeah, like before they were using honey. I mean, not honey. They were using honey They were doing that for a while. Sugar. What I was saying is before sweeteners were that available, or they were just really expensive, I was guessing. I posited that there was probably a raisiny carrot cake all the way back in the old times. Probably. Whatever. This led me to Google up carrot cake. And one of the first things that came up, how... An illuminated manuscript. How to make a carrot cake. And it's like someone has put the time in here to make an answer. Of course they have. I mean, what was this, like a wiki how or something? They probably bought their own domain Oh, they're like, guys. How to make a carrot cake dot com. How to make a carrot cake dot com. (laughs) Step one. Buy a carrot cake box mix. <laughs> step, I always love those. Step two. I always love those. Do the things it says on the uh-huh, back. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like, is it possible that someone out there was like, let's Google how to make a carrot cake and was like, oh, a box mix. Like, like, but maybe it is. Maybe, maybe there, maybe it got maybe. a ton of really helpful information votes. Like, thank you for telling me that this is how we make carrot cake. You can cake. get a box. Well, I, I like how I remember that vividly, but I can't recall. I think I did find that carrot cakes had an old past. I'm sure, but I did. don't remember the deets on that. I just I feel like that's the real. I mean, I might. I'm probably going to be too offensive right now. Should I go there? Should I offend our international followers? Maybe. 
the thing is, I feel like that. I'm waiting. I'm, I'm curious which I think way the this Christmas is about to go. pudding is a good example of this. <laughs> I think that it just you had to grow up with it, and then you had so to you know its value. It goes back to the time when they didn't know about real dessert. <laughs> children and it is true that like the only one I ever ate I bought it from Sainsbury's and I probably did it totally wrong and we did light it on fire but I had (laughs) I had made a backup dessert because I had a feeling about it and it was a it was a was it for the best it was a premonition that turned out to be true it was a weird thing an accurate premonition well it's like black and soggy I think yeah (laughs) And you boil it. I see it bringing Boil it, Rachel. Yeah. Boiled. <laughs> After sitting in a cupboard for like a year and a day. <laughs> it sits in a cupboard for a year and a day and then you boil it. And you're like... <laughs> Becca, you are being defensive. Oh, sorry, you guys, are being defensive. This is what happens we when probably, we go at night. You're going to get a lot of hate mail over this. No, or somebody send me a lovely Christmas pudding and tell me how to do it tell right. Tell me what gives on that. Yeah, Becca doesn't know well, how. I went so to a stirrup her. Sunday party and it was lovely and they read the collect for the day and we all stirred it up and we all looked in that bowl and I was like, what is that? <laughs> And it was like, it's black, and what are those little white grainy things? And they said, suet. And so when I looked it up when I got home, it's a little bit of grated up beef fat. Yeah, but what is the... A lot of dried raisins. Treacle. Oh. Well, once you get to that treacle, I start to think maybe there's something in it. I might like it. It's real black with treacle. There's a lot of, like orange rind floating around in there and since, then a million raisins and since, dried bits of things since we are on the international then, flavors then stick can, it in a cupboard for a long time and drench it with brandy every so often so we're getting into the international insults of food i didn't no, feel like we shouldn't we should okay, but we we're should, slovenian we yeah. we oh you've already insulted this on the podcast and you and people came back and told you that that you were very wrong what Whatever your Slovenian dish was that you insulted. You said it Did didn't I... taste good at all. It was like a weird stew of bad news. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember doing that. <laughs> yeah, you did. And people were like, that's so bad because it's delicious. You only have to do it right. And Wait, you... I don't remember any of this. Oh. Are you sure that I did yeah, that? I'm sure. Okay, but was it pizza? Because yep. Oh, <laughs> man. Because, see, I still have my feelings hurt about pizza because... Because, because the poetry is there. Yes, and actually, Same I, with believe, Christmas I believe that yeah. I'm making something beautiful when I make pizza now, and it's just radically inauthentic. So yeah. then, yeah. I, but I feel like I've brought something. <laughs> I've brought something that they should have thought of, but they didn't. So I'm just going to step in and make this taste better. Because the problem is, you're eating a thing that has got to be like 12 zillion calories. Okay. Because it is butter, it is cream, it is honey, it is nuts. Like, surely that should taste good. But it tastes like nothing. 
Is this no flavor? You I eat thought it? it was a stew of Slovenian descent that you were insulting. Did you make a Slovenian stew? No. So it must well, have been no, I do. Pizza. I make beef soup, but I wouldn't have insulted it because we like it. Interesting. So well, no, pizza <clears throat> is like, and it's really interesting because it is a way deeper culturally than than anything is in our culture, like any food. Uh-huh. We went to some. We felt it was providential that we ran into a flyer about learning about lovely Slovenia. And we're like, well, yes, we will go to that event in a small local town's library. Oh, yeah, right. So we went to hear this presentation. And so we heard it straight from the Slovenian woman's mouth who was presenting that Petitza is all the rage. Yeah, right. And that she was like, we do it, we do it in this shape. For funerals and weddings. We do it in this shape for graduations. We have pizza in other shapes for birthdays. I was like, it's like they do pizza all the right. time. Right. And so, and then, and I know that they eat it. And see, this is where you, this will catch your attention. They eat a slice of this stuff. It's like a bread with walnuts and honey and cinnamon and cream and butter with horseradish and ham. Oh. So that's a thing. That but that's kind of weirdly impressive. Yeah, I think my kids are hearkening to their heritage when I make harvest morning buns, which is like, it's like a molasses sourdough thing that has craisins and pecans in it. And they love it toasted with butter and sharp cheese and ham. Like, they love that. It sounds amazing. It actually is quite good. I mean, I like, I get it. I get it. But I make the dang thing and it just... You can't even taste it. Like you're, yeah. you're, try, you're like, yeah. how is this so decadent without flavor? And, and so then you're like, should I get tested for COVID? <laughs> I, I haven't made pizza since the times of COVID. Although it's I did laugh, I did laugh at them. There was a prayer at church today, and I did get the giggles during it because it was something about. It was Tim Edwards praying about the idolatry in our country and. Whatever, and he was saying, we can't see, we cannot hear. I was like, we definitely can't taste or smell right now. We're, we've lost, we've lost all of our senses. So, uh, now that I have gone on the record of being rude and ugly about Christmas pudding, I love the poetry of it because they stir it up on Stir Up Sunday, which is actually coming up soon. So, Maybe I should Maybe give it a Maybe we should do. Let's Maybe do I it. should. Let's make one together on a what have yeah. you video and we can make petites and a, and a Christmas pudding. <laughs> so guys, now before you get offended, know that we were already do penance for these comments. Yeah, we're sorry guys. We're, we're sorry. sorry. No, the thing is, is the, Let's year, do it, the year that do I it. made the Christmas pudding, I, mean, I was in because I was like, I'm going to make a goose and I got a Christmas pudding and I made the Nigella potatoes that you cook in goose fat, which were like unbelievably good but anyway the goose had its whole this brings us full circle to your panettone because (laughs) that was probably what drew me to the goose was the fact that you have to hang it upside down in an open window for a while (laughs) 
like on a clothes hanger contraption. Well, like, how much is the loveliness of pies about that yeah, iconicness of setting a pie in a windowsill? And I was like, it's, this is a very a very kind of like Dickensian <laughs> sort of thing. And I mean, I'm not in that we England, like Dickens that no, much. No, but it's Victorian England. You know, it's like I should, I should do this. We're here. For Christmas, I really got very into mince pies. I adored those. And the hot spice wine and the mince pies, that's the whole thing. I really love that. But I just couldn't wrap my head around the situation with the Christmas. But I didn't even know what shape it was supposed to look like when it came out. It was just like a weird Mm -hmm. muffly black thing. (laughs) (laughs) The goose was good. But anyway, I made a separate dessert and it was better but I've never returned to the to the Christmas pudding but stirrup Sunday is somewhere around Thanksgiving so it's still coming we still have time I've really been adapting my life to my I'm I'm working really hard to to go on a different level of bulk food preparation right now yeah it's It's been a part of my life this is like a thing I strive to do Mm -hmm. and (laughs) it is a little bits at a time, I am getting the hang of it. You know, like I'm starting to get the. Mm. There, I'm starting to be like, oh wait, I think I'm starting to figure out a new lifestyle for myself. Yeah, but it, it's, whatever. It's complicated and weird, but this has led me to my next phase, and I always yeah. love when this happens. Where for years I feel like I'd walk past those like food saver, the vacuum sealing food storage mm-hmm. devices and yeah. I would just be like I don't I don't see the need for this like I right. don't <clears throat> why yeah. would I want something else that would be like this yeah it's like if you hunt and you really need to do something with all your well elk. I maybe I started hunting maybe that's what happened yeah. I was all of a sudden like yeah gotta go get a food saver <laughs> did you get one got one how is it? it I haven't used it yet oh. but this is because I got 40 pounds of chicken that okay. I intend to make into chicken sausage. And as I went down this mental path of my chicken 40 sausage. pounds of chicken sausage. Yeah. All right. I'm mm-hmm. with you. I should put in here, and it's odd. I, I am aware of this being unique in our family. We much prefer chicken sausage in sausage situations. That's interesting. Yeah. So... Like, for instance, you had spaghetti at our house. That's no, I love that. That was really good. But it I tried really... to recreate it at my house. It was not good. It was a different brand, I think. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> it's specifically the Acerno's hot chicken sausage. Okay. And we really like it. It's spicy, but the thing is, is that I don't like the fat that sausage brings. Like, yep. if sausage leaks a ton of fat into your sauce, it makes everything heavy. Yep. The chicken sausage somehow keeps like the tomato really bright like it's like a hot spicy sausage with still a really bright tomato and it doesn't have that heavy greasiness of yeah and and that's why we love it are you gonna try smaller batches of your sausage mix before you do it with all 40 pounds well yes and no both because i'm gonna i have to salt all of it and then put it in the fridge like at least overnight it has to like sit around salted Okay. To be made into sausage. Because I guess that like After up, it's ground or before it's ground? Before you grind it. It roughs okay. up the edges of the protein so that they mm. will maybe rebond to each other. So the texture of the sausage is better if you salt it first. So okay. whatever. I didn't know I was getting into quite such a scene. I think then you season it and you grind it like 
shoot it through the grinder with the spices. But okay. I then I'll probably just microwave a tiny bit of it and taste it and see if it is what I wanted to eat. Yeah, I can see that. Because I end up making about 15 pounds of pork sausage often because mm-hmm. of soup night. So, and nobody carries 15 pounds of sausage. So you're either running from store to store to store to store to right. gather up all the sausage, or I just buy a bunch of ground pork and then mix up my own. So I have been doing that, but the thing is, is it's, um, I know that I'm not really making sausage. I'm just seasoning ground pork, which is not the same thing. Yeah. And so I don't really know much about actually making sausage. I don't either, but I got, I have a meat grinder and I got the chicken and I'm going to try to figure it out. I feel the reason it's worth it is that the chicken is way, way cheaper than the sausage. Yeah. And because we eat that often enough, it's that it is actually the main thing that I like to have in the freezer, like the quickest thing to Mm. thaw and make, because if you just have some veggie of some kind, you can make a quick like sausage pasta veggie if you have. So you just, you can make most, you can get by with some of that sausage. It's the handiest. Right. But it's not the cheapest way to purchase. I mean, like it's more expensive than ground beef. You know, like I'm, we just like it better. So yeah. Anyways, that's my, that's what I'm planning to try. And I also got a ton of ground beef that's in the freezer right now, and so I'm gonna do some with that too. Some think ahead. That's festive. I know. Well, why was I talking about? Oh, what I was saying is, I love how I went for a long time feeling that a food saver was the last thing I needed, until all of a sudden mm. it, you're Suddenly like, there you are. quick now, we have to yeah. buy the food saver now. <laughs> now I'm going to do it. But it made me think. I have this theory, and it might be deeply. Dumb. I may okay. be having a horrible theory. Okay. But I like it anyways. All right. I'm ready. So sometimes I make a bunch of muffins mm-hmm. or breakfast foods. or It's like for us breakfast slash after school snack is what okay. it is. Because if I make muffins, those are the times people eat them. Okay. So I'm thinking I will make a bunch of them so that I can freeze some. Um, so... I'll make like a big batch of bran muffins, a big batch of chocolate protein mm-hmm. muffins and all, and then I'll put some of them under the plastic, the little dome on the counter and then I'll freeze some so that you can mm-hmm. keep slow releasing these things. Yeah. But I was thinking that if I made assortments of good breakfast baked goods and food saved them, then I could freeze them for a lot, like an assortment altogether. Oh, nice. Frozen. Although then you'd have to know who wanted what, and you'd ba- you'd be bound to have no. frozen your panettone and two <laughs> chocolate muffins, and everybody well, wanted the panettone. Now that I have the food saver, I'm like, perhaps I should make my Christmas danishes right now and freeze them with the and food saver them in a thing. <laughs> <laughs> because we all know that what the world needs is more. Like, vacuum-sealed baggery in my freezer. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways. Whatever. These are the things that preoccupy me. Mm -hmm. But I love the bulk. Seriously, bulk is really doing it for me. Like, well, I'm I'm behind you, but I'm getting there. Yeah, but when I... So, like, but this is the thing, is that if I order... So, if I'm ordering food to be delivered somehow in bulk, and... uh, 
if I do that, then if I get a whole bunch of something, like I got a whole bunch of butternut squash, and then I just roasted all the squashes whole in the oven, right? And then, you know, got it and peeled them, but I froze the roast all, I froze all of the roasted butternut mm-hmm. squash already in the fridge. So when I had a soup night and I was making butternut squash soup, it was like Easy so much faster because I boil the broth and get the chicken and everything going and then I'm just dumping the the butternut squash in it. So it I'm just going to tell you major that shortcuts. I saw on Half Baked Harvest Instagram page mm-hmm. uh, something that looked real gorgeous and it was, I think it was butternut squash, but it was peeled and halved and roasted like Hasselback, so in oh, thin yeah, slices. It was really pretty, but she said she always does it for Thanksgiving, which I thought was a fun... Um, I'm looking at it right yeah, now. Yeah, she pulled pretty. it up. Isn't that pretty? Very pretty. I thought that looked like a good idea. Yeah, I might need to try that. Mm-hmm. Sage butter, yeah. Also, can you tell everyone that Rachel and I haven't really seen hide nor hair of each other at all in the last few weeks because we've spent this whole time chatting and not being edifying at all. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, I need to burn down like, all of our chit yeah, chat to get to sh- edified. We should talk. have done that so we could have talked about Expe- confessing your sins. We'll just do a second episode right now and we'll just get right back down to edifying <laughs> business. I mean, look at how long we've gone and we haven't even talked about like get your act together, people. Thanksgiving is coming. Your time to be in sin is drawing near. <laughs> you might already have, you know, tagged that base. Tag the sinful base. Well, because there's always the possibility that you're feeling oh, mad yeah. about who's coming to your house True. or who's not coming or True. whose house you have to go to this year instead of the other one that you wanted to go to or to the people who were going to be or to someone attending. Who looked down their nose at your offer to host uh-huh, it uh-huh. or oh, they sent you the Marnie letter. Mm-hmm. So much is possible already. <laughs> so <clears throat> just Thanksgiving this year. Falls upon on your birthday. My 40th, I just saw my 40th that. Birthday. I saw that because I was writing out the months in my planner and having a look see at what's coming. And yeah, I was like, when will I carpet my bedroom with seagrass? <laughs> oh, Rachel's birthday is on Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> this oh. year was, I think, my first year. I'm not trying to say I've never forgotten a sibling's birthday, but this year I did a double hot streak of (laughs) August, Nate's birthday, that I talked to him on his birthday without noticing it was his birthday, and I said nothing about it. Realized it later, you know, that I was like, oh my word, you know. And... You too. Maybe That's you, right. No, were you I at my that. house or did I see you somewhere? Yeah, no, we got together and did something, I think. And and I called Becca and Heather on, on mom's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is peak thoughtfulness. <laughs> I was like, it's mom's birthday. I'll call Becca and say, Becca, it's mom's birthday. And I like called you and I called Heather and while I was doing this I hadn't realized that I'd missed a call from mom <laughs> so mom had called me so by the time I break through to someone <laughs> they were both 
in the car with mom who had invited us all to go get a coffee and I was the one who ignored the call but knew it was her birthday and Becca and Heather were both squirreled away in her car getting taken out for coffee and hadn't remembered that it was her birthday. It was really bad. Although, to be fair, I did remember it like that morning. I just didn't remember it when I was in the car. But the thing that made it so funny oh. is I think I called you and you didn't pick up because you were you were like, whatever, I'll talk to her later. But then I called Heather and Heather picked up. And then Heather was like, uh, and then Heather's like, it's your birthday? And I'm like, are you with her? <laughs> so basically yeah, we've been coordinated I tell you this just so that all of you know that we take birthdays really seriously and we yeah. get our feelings hurt if people forget Excessive about it and it ruins yeah. everything uh-huh. yeah so it's like that oh my word yeah so hmm did yeah. you want to try to say hmm. something edifying real quick Beck? whoa I think we've kind of like run past we that use, turn off really I mean don't really? you I mean yeah. we could say I mean look it we're <laughs> Look how far into this we are. Like everybody. We're check way out, past the check edification out station. Maybe don't now check you out know, a Christmas If you pudding. know of any other baked goods that have to be hung upside down, let us know because that's all it takes to get us on board. <laughs> and and uh-huh. one time, one time, Luke and I made homemade pasta in our apartment that was so small that we had to clear out the guest closet so we could hang up all the noodles. Oh, I forgot. We had all the fettuccine hanging in the hall closet. That is really funny. So that we might, you know, mm-hmm. not have it stuck together on our counter that was about six inches long. So yeah. I've been, from being in a place where I basically never ever make homemade pasta, like, I have, I can, I sometimes do, but I don't feel like I'm in my peak phase of life where homemade pasta is a thing. Hmm. I have a pasta roller outer machine thing and the little, you know, can cut it and stuff, but it's not one of my most highly used articles right now. But that said, I am really kind of having this horrible need for this beautiful little rotary cutter, pasta cutter thing that makes this amazing edge on the noodles. So if you're doing like paparadelli, you can do this crazy beautiful scalloped edge. It's very neat. Where and did I'm you like, find it? Let's see. But Becca, could you hang it upside down? You if could. You... <laughs> you could hang it to dry. Hey, do you think it harks back but to I'm our like... childhood of mom putting angel food cakes upside down on a, maybe on a two liter Pepsi mm. bottle, mm-hmm. a glass mm-hmm. Pepsi bottle? Yeah, maybe. But I'm like, I don't need that thing because I don't make pasta often enough to deserve that thing, you mm. know? Someday when I'm really, I went on. A, I pastas. went on a streak of feeling like I wasn't a real cook unless I, could, <laughs> unless I could make pasta in a flour well. In a flour well, I've yeah, been there. The I've counter, done that, yeah. and it always sprouts a leak. It's out. actually amazing because it is. There's no high stakes like that in the kitchen. No, there's not. If you're running eggs, start running for the edge of the counter. It's all over because. But see, you can't. They go so fast if it breaks out the side of your flower well no it's gone it's, it's, it's on shooting your off your counter it's on your shoes but it's also like an egg-based paper mache yes. it's unbelievably yes. awful to clean up. i wondered though i got I, good at it i was I wondering I about skill, the um noodle boards have you seen noodle boards and i wondered if that was the reason the ones for a with guitar board. strings or 
<laughs> I can tell from your face. Oh it's my. not the ones with the guitar what? strings. No. No, it's like um some of the newer ones are pretty tackety ackety, but it's like a it's like a cutting board. So it's I this think what we're thing. finding out is that Beg is deep in the handmade pasta world <laughs> without making handmade pasta. No, I mean I'd make it. I told you I can. I've been there. But I don't right now right now, no. This isn't my scene. <laughs> but anyway, it's like a it's like a board that sits on your counter that's like a cutting board, you know, wooden. But it has little like a guard sort of along three sides, like oh, well, a little that ridge. Would for sure, be why. But the only reason people buy them now, the vintage ones are lovely. Like they're very cool. These old antique ones, the ones people make now out in their crafting garages, are like to cover the top of the oven, so it like sits on top of the oven and just covers it. And then they put like they stencil oh, cursive yeah, no. letters on it, but. The old ones are really cool, and I totally want one because it felt like, to me, then you could do your little, you know, flower well thing, and if it sprang a leak, it's all still contained. Well, maybe, unless honestly, it sprang Honestly, even doing it on on a wood cutting board slows the... It gives and I don't even know because... to the egg. But yeah, I, my old, for Mike, countertop put up oh, no yeah. resistance. It, it was just like shooting. It would kind of like going down a metal slide in an old warm-up pan. <laughs> I mean, yep. if the yep. eggs escaped, they shot yeah. out of there. But and I kind of were... think the noodle board was for like, you would cut your noodles on it and then just, they would stay there to dry and that kind of thing. But I got my, my fancy captured by the idea that Italian women would crack the eggs straight into their flower bin. Well, that's what they always do in their photos. And then whiz up their pasta in the middle of their flower bin. And I was like... Oh, in their flower bin? Oh, no, no. Not a flower well. That's not what I thought. No, like... And it's actually really interesting because if you start whisking your your eggs, it picks up like you can make it. It can function like one wad in there picking up as much stuff. Uh, Yeah, until it's the right... I could see that working because you could go until it was just the right texture. And, yeah, and it wouldn't run out, out anywhere. Yeah. It's just stuck in the middle of all the flour. But I realized that I didn't want to compromise all of my flour with eggs in it. So mm. I, I wonder if you could. I actually just switched to doing the same concept. Bowl. Just No, just using much more. Yeah, why Why does it matter if your flour is in a volcano on the counter instead of in a bowl? I don't know. I but, don't know. But you can make a little volcano shape in the bowl. And then you could still have it contained. Well, all this is to say that weird things capture my attention in the kitchen. <laughs> and sometimes this is this is one of those things that I really believe it's important to to act on your impulses and just learn the thing. Just figure mm-hmm. out how yeah. bad you actually yeah. are at that. Don't actually spend your whole life imagining you could do that any moment. Mm-hmm. Cuz pasta making is one of those things or a lot of that kind of stuff you watch someone do it and you feel like oh no problem I could do that but right. but it is not oh no problem when you actually get into it mm-hmm. you notice that some things yeah. are harder than they initially appeared isn't that the truth with like every single bit of life though yeah but it's I feel like it's just good for you as humans to get that feeling a lot <laughs> and it, it's not good <laughs> It's not good to go about your life assuming that you could be a precision quilter if only you tried mm-hmm. it once. I could have been or, a great proficient. Well, right, because you're like, oh, I, I, saw, I saw someone hand toss pizza crusts. I could do that. 
And you're like, no, you couldn't try it. Actually, actually, we had a moment there yesterday where we were with one of these extra ultra sheer thin calzone crusts. Uh-huh. One kind of, of a filo dough. One of, yeah, one of the girls was like, <laughs> how are you supposed to hand toss it? And I was like, yeah, on the back of your hands like this. And she tossed it and it went into a rumple. And I'm like, no, no, no like this. Put it over my hands. I I toss it up. It flips once quite nicely in the air. And then I, I go to, <laughs> to catch it. And it shoots right between my hands into a little <laughs> snorkel on the ground. <laughs> Watch me, child. Watch me show you how Here's this is how done. how you hand toss. I will show you the way. A sort of a sheer pizza dough. <laughs> But see, that's the thing, is that you can't actually, like, you can't know that you, you think you're more capable than you are. Yeah. But then, but then there's more pleasure in actually learning the skill than oh, yeah. you would think there oh, is. Yeah. Because a lot of us, we just go around all the time assuming we have a skill no, that we don't like, have. The thing is, like, a quilt, how hard can it be to sew squares together and make the corners match up? Seems pretty straightforward to me. And then you're like... There you this are is... with it three quarters of an inch off. <laughs> You're looking at yourself like, <laughs> like, why? What have I even done? I'm like, I cut it in a square. What's happened? And <laughs> and then you discover that there's whole probably like deeply, uh, I don't there know. There are ways. There's, there's women who probably subscribe to one method of iron, ironing I was, the seam. I was And other women who won't even speak to the other women because I they know. iron it the other way. And I was quite a bit too old when I found out about how you're supposed to sew a button on. Because I felt like I knew how. Have but, I learned how to sew a button on? Like, what's your what's your big secret? I don't have a secret. I'm not saying I'm a big skilled monster at this, but that you actually are supposed to do some fancy footwork under the button. Like you're supposed oh, well you to wrap it around. You're the, supposed to wrap yeah. the thread around under there to get the button mm-hmm. some distance from the fabric so that yeah. there's room for the other. It was like no, I think it's I, like why the I like a pea coat a, always has like kind of a dangly. Wo- it's button. like a wobbly yeah. button, but you mm-hmm. know why? Because yep. it's a really thick wool. Yep. And in order for both layers to fit with a yep. button, you have exactly. to have a gap. Well, I think I had already spent quite a bit of time in my life trying to cinch buttons so hard onto things that they would never come off without <laughs> without without imagining the fact that there's a reason to have it be looser and it's so that right. the garment looks better. You're like, oh really? <laughs> so I you're saying I haven't understood anything. Little little yeah. tidbits that you gain from like trying it and then having to look it up and, and just see, googling like, how do i make a carrot cake and, and what then box should i out. buy it comes in a box <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what i did wrong with the christmas pudding i just bought the one on the shelf at the grocery yeah store. because see that's the thing is i didn't anything, make it myself on anything that we actually know you wouldn't you wouldn't yeah. think you just All right, go I'm going to go it. in and I'll get my Nigella cookbook out and I'll look up Christmas I I pudding. Have, I think I have Nigella's Christmas. Well, I don't have her Christmas, but I have Feast, and that no doubt has a Christmas pudding oh, well, I have it. her Christmas one. Okay, between us, we'll be able to come up with something. But you know what we won't be able to come up with is suet. That doesn't exist in America. What is it? I mean... Grated up beef fat. I Well, I know, but... It's like little pellets. But beef exists in America. You know, so you would think, but as it turns out, when you Suet live in England... Suet is the raw, hard fat of beef or mutton found around the loins and kidneys. Hmm. 
Maybe we could call someone. I was going to say, you you know Pierce. Ask him about it. That's what I was going to say. We know someone. Also, you can we'll buy. Do a, we'll do a video of us with a cheese grater. Making. A Torah original shredded suet. Oh, there you for go. Or fluffy dumplings, pastries, puddings. Oh, yeah, no, that's the kind they always sold in England. That you looks can get very that familiar. From, from Walmart. Here locally? Uh, you can also buy it from British Essentials, but it's. But we it's, need to sign off. We're boring the whole universe right now. No, everybody cares. Everybody cares big time. It's <laughs> <laughs> Rachel's searching for suet. We're no! already down the guys. road, you guys. I think also I heard that brandy butter is essential. Like, we skipped the brandy butter. You have to light it on fire. You need brandy butter. You need to do something or other to it. Okay, so this is the year we're going to try harder to feel the love of the Christmas pudding. We're going to try and get our minds around dried fruits in a suet treacle madness. All right. time later. I guess next time we come, we're going to be really serious Christians. Serious, (laughs) indeed. Until next time. All right. Bye-bye.